We often kind of look at the Old Testament and kind of think, well, that's the Old Testament and the New Testament's all about Jesus. But, but so much of the Old Testament, so much of the stories and the characters in the Old Testament actually are a foretaste of Jesus. They point to who Jesus is going to be. They point to what Jesus is going to do. And, um, and so these sorts of series where we're looking at characters, like I'm looking at Abraham today, are just so important to help us to see how the whole canon of Scripture kind of works together to point us to Jesus and to point us to the plans of God. You know, because it is all fulfilled in Jesus. You know, the center of our faith, the center of it all is Jesus. And, um, and, and, and understanding who he is and understanding the story of all of creation, of all of mankind, and how Jesus fits in, into it all is just so, so important. So I'm gonna, we're going to have a little wander. And it is really going to be a little bit of a wander through some of Genesis today. And, um, and just have a think around how the story of Abraham kind of really helps us understand the significance of Jesus, but also how the story of Abraham helps us to understand how we are to respond to Jesus. And they're the two bits that we're going to kind of look at today. Um, but before we talk about Abraham, I just want to kind of do a bit of a tip of a hat to Noah. So um, you probably have heard of Noah, and he had an ark. And we have two toddler groups called Noah's Ark. Can you understand how we came up with that name? Um, well, we didn't. That was Emma who came up with that name because Noah has an ark. And, um, and he needed an ark because God was so angry with the world that we hear that he just made it rain. And it rained and it rained and rained and there was a flood. And um, so Noah, kind of two by two, they all go on an ark. Um, as a biologist, it kind of messes with my head slightly. But, um, but that's kind of what happened. Um, and then at the end of it all, the rain stops, the floods diminish, and God gives Abraham this, sorry, Noah, this promise in Genesis 9:11. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And Noah was to be a reset moment. It, you know, we talked about reset this morning, but he was, he was meant to bring this new wave of kind of obedience and fellowship of God. But it kind of faltered somewhat. And, um, and so kind of a few years went by and we come across a guy called Abram. And we know him better as Abraham. And um, he, Abraham, Abram is just an amazing, amazing character. I just love his story and and what it represents, because it, does, it just is so rich. It's a really, really rich story. And I'm going to pick up the story of Abraham in Genesis 15:5, and this is God speaking to him. He took him outside and said, look up at the sky and count the stars, if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. You know, and you read something like that, and you go, wow, okay, that's a pretty good promise. And then you actually realize the, the context. So Abram and Sarai, I think that's how you pronounce it, um, were without a child, and they were old. You know, you're talking like 99 old, you know, really old. And um, even older than my dad, 
He's 85, if you're watching, Dad. Sorry. Um, and um, anyway, he's... Um, <laughs> I'm going to pay for that, aren't I? Oh, well, he's not listening, so um, <laughs> never does. Um, anyway, what am I talking about? So Abraham, he was old. And so this promise from God that, that his descendants is going to be kind of tumultuous. It's kind of an incredible thing and really hard for them to get their heads around. We read on in Genesis 17, 1 to 5. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abram fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You shall be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. This is an incredible promise. An incredible promise made to this 99-year-old man who is yet to even have a child. You know, in Noah, kind of God's... was God's plan to restart. It, was, it felt like it had been thwarted. It felt like it had kind of fallen flat. But instead, God knew exactly what he was doing because with Abraham, he said, no, no, you are going to be a father of nations. And in a way, you know, Abraham's story is the beginning of the promise of salvation. And Abraham's story kind of begins to allude to God's master plan for bringing salvation to humankind. It is just a wonderful thing. And um, I love this. In Genesis 12, 1 to 3, this is the call of Abraham. So we're going back a little bit in the story, but I think I just want to read it to you. The Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. And this is his promise. I love it. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And here's the promise. And all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Incredible promise. So the story continues. Um, Genesis 21, verse 1 to 3. Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, which he changed Sarai's name to Sarah, um, As he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age. At the very time God had promised him, Abraham gave the name Isaac to the son Sarah bore him. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God commanded him. Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. 100 years old. Man. I was shattered when I was in my 20s, let alone 100. Um, so um, anyway, what an incredible moment. I, I, you know, just imagine Sarah and Abraham and this little baby just thinking, oh my goodness, all our hopes and dreams, all of those prayers, it's been answered in this little bundle, this little baby. Just so amazing. How good is God? We read on. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham. Abraham goes, here am I. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering 
on a mountain, I will show you. There are, there are stories, aren't there, in, in the Bible that are really hard to wrap your head around. Um, this is one of them, you know, if you don't read the whole story, that is. Um, at this point in the story, you're like, oh my goodness, God, what's going on? You know, these guys have been praying, they've been asking you for a, a baby for like ages. You give them a baby and then you're kind of telling them to go and sacrifice that baby. What is all this about? What is it all about? But, I, but Abraham is a man of faith. He's a man of obedience. He's a man who trusts God and is fearful of God. But not fearful in a like terrified way, but fearful in a reverent way. He's, he reveres God, rightly so. So we read on. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. So here he is. He's about to sacrifice his son. Abraham, Abraham. You know, he wanted to get his attention. Here I am I. I love that response. Here, this, is, this is for free. If God is speaking to us, do we put our hand up and go, here am I, here am I? Is that our response when God calls us? It's Abraham's response. And he was a man of faith. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught up by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. Crazy story. Yeah. Wow. But Abraham was a man of faith. If we take anything from his character, he was a man of faith. He trusted and obeyed the Lord. Genesis 15, 6. Abraham believed the Lord and he, was, he, and, it, and he credited it to him as righteousness. Abraham believed the Lord. He believed God. He obeyed God. This is who he was. Even to the point of being willing to sacrifice his son because God had told him to. That's a really important story and we're going to come to that a bit more in a second. You see, Abraham's story is not just a story about Abraham and his son. It's a story about all humanity. It's a story that points to God's kind of plan for all of humankind. You know, I love the fact that Matthew, in his gospel, he starts with the lineage of Jesus. I don't know if you've read it, there's 42 kind of, 42 kind of generations. You know, most people think that doesn't represent all of the generations, but it's, it tells the story. And it starts with Abraham, and it finishes with Jesus. And Matthew is not doing that just because he likes a good family tree. You know, he's not gone on to kind of, what is it called, that DNA thing and gone, right, kind of, this is, this, this is Jesus, I'm going to do a nice diagram, put it on the wall. You know, that's not why Matthew did it. He was making a theological point. And that is Jesus is kind of intrinsically linked to the promise of Abraham. Jesus is going to be the fulfillment of that promise. And so Matthew lays it out for us all to see. You know, the Abrahamic promise 
and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And here's Jesus, the one in which that promise will become a reality. You know, the ultimate fulfillment of this promise is the restoration of all of humanity. Matthew 19, 28 to 30 says this. Jesus, Jesus, I've not been drinking, I promise. Um, Jesus replied, um, yes, you have followed me. Yes, you have followed me in the recreation of the world. This is from the message. When the Son of Man will rule gloriously, you who have followed me will also rule. Okay, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go back. In the recreation of the world. In some versions, it says the renewal of all things. Now, this is what Jesus came. He was born to bring salvation. But more than that, he was born to bring restoration. He was going to, he's born to bring the fulfillment of this promise that God started when he promised this to Abraham. What started with Abraham finishes with Jesus. I just love this story. It's just so rich. I, you know, I haven't had tons of time this week for various reasons. And, um, and I've kind of felt like I've only just scratched the surface of the significance of this story. I'd really, really super encourage you to go away and read it and have a read around it because it's so important for us to understand where it all fits together. But when we look at the story of Abraham and Isaac... I think, I don't know whether this is the right word, but I've, it's almost like there's two echoes in that story that are just so relevant to, to, to Jesus and to what that means for us today. The first one is so obvious, isn't it? You know, if, if you've been around church any length of time, the sacrifice of a son, the sacrifice of a son. You know, we see in this story of Abraham and Isaac, a father willing to sacrifice his son. But, but God the Father does not let Abraham go through with it. He gives an alternative. But God himself, the Father and the Son, they don't have an alternative. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. See, the Father knew the only way to fulfill that promise he made to Abraham was to sacrifice his own son on the cross. That Jesus was the only one that was without sin, the only one that was perfect, the only one that could actually do a sacrifice for our sins once and for all. He was the only one. No one else could do that. It had to be Jesus. It had to be the son. And in, in a way, what God was showing us through the story of Abraham is that human beings cannot save themselves. It's another example of, you know, we need God. God is the one that provides. God is the one that saves. I just love it. And, you know, it, it's... Sometimes we, if we've been in kind of church, we've heard talks like this, you, you kind of forget the weightiness and the significance of what I've just said. You know, so let's just pause and think about what I've just said. God the Father gave his one and only Son. 
to die on a cross in our place so that we are not the one that's going to have to die. We can have eternal life with God forever and ever and ever, for all eternity. God chose to give his son in our place. That is an amazing truth. It's an amazing truth. We see an echo of it in Abraham and Isaac. We see the fulfillment of it in Jesus. Just stunning. Just stunning. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And in the story of Abraham and Isaac, he provided a ram. In the story of all of humanity, he provided it with his son, Jesus who paid the price once and for all. Incredible. But there is another echo in the story of Abraham and Isaac, and that is that faith, it's in faith that leads to righteousness through grace. Um, Genesis 15, 6 says this, Abraham believed the Lord and he credited it to him as righteousness. Genesis 22. Now I know that you fear God because you have not with. Have I broken the mic? Oh no, I thought I'd broken the mic. Um, from me, your son, your only son. You know, in Abraham, we have this man who just has a habit of just doing what God tells him to do, of believing God when he says something, of being faithful to God. You know, Abraham's not perfect, he makes a few mistakes along the way. But he was a man who trusted God. And Isaac was saved in part because of the faith of the father of Abraham. And it was credited to him as righteousness. You know, I love this, but it echoes. It echoes the truth of us today. You know, Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says this, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not by works that no one can boast. This is the thing. Faith is all we need. If we have faith in God, it is credited to us as righteousness. Because of what Jesus did, the sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice once and for all. If we believe, if we have faith like Abraham, to believe God, to believe that Jesus did what he said he did and and is who he says he is and has made a way for us to be in relationship with the Father for all eternity. If we just believe, if we have faith, then it's credited to us righteousness. We are saved. We are saved. Not by works, not by effort, not by being good enough. There's a whole Old Testament of people not ever being able to be good enough, but by grace through faith in Jesus. That is how it works. That is our faith. And that is the way God designed all the peoples of the earth to be blessed. Through Jesus, the descendant of Abraham, whom which he promised all of that time ago. Incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. You know, I really think, you know, what does God want to say for this? It's a really interesting kind of history lesson. It's a theological kind of discussion. But kind of what does that mean for us 
today? You know, what, what does it mean for us tonight, for this church? You know, we, it's good to know these things. It's good to understand where it all fits together. But I was thinking about that promise, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Because the story doesn't end with Jesus. You know, it's fulfilled in Jesus, but the story doesn't end in Jesus. Because he passes the baton to the church. He passes the baton on to us. Um, Romans 10 says this. If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your hearts that, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And scripture says anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. That's the promise we have and we live under. We're saved by grace through faith. But Paul goes on. This is from Romans. Paul wrote that. For there is no difference between Jew or Gentile. The same Lord is the Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Okay, so you've got this incredible thing. All nations, all people, no matter who you are, no matter what background, whether Jew or Gentile, slave or free, you know, you see all of this going on in the New Testament. If you call on the name of the Lord you will be saved. If you have faith in the Lord, by grace you are saved. But he doesn't end there. He doesn't end there. So it goes on. This is the Apostle Paul. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. This is the bit of kind of like, there's like, I've never really thought of it this way before. We are part of the Abrahamic, how do you say it? Abrahamic promise. I can never get my head around that word. That promise that God made to Abraham, we are part of its fulfillment. You know, Jesus did it all on the cross and his resurrection, but we get to tell people the good news. We get to say, hey, look, you know, this thing that, where he said to Abraham, and all the peoples on the earth will be blessed through you. That's Jesus. You know, the, we get to tell about the good news. How much in today's world, with all of the, the chaos, the war, the, the fears, the uncertainties, do people need that good news? Do people need that good news? That no matter what life throws at you, no matter what challenges you face that God will bless you through Jesus Christ but if people do not know how can they call on his name how can they call on his name I just felt that that was something we need to take away from tonight that, that we are part of this story of Abraham it hasn't finished it's continuing and it will only finish when Jesus returns and wraps up all things, brings restoration to the whole of humanity and a new heaven and a new earth and all of that wonderful things that's in the future. We are part of the story. We are part of the story. So we're going to do a little bit of ministry. We had an amazing time this morning. It was an absolute blast. Um, and um, I just feel that there's so much in this that I probably haven't done justice of. Um, it probably is a whole series in of itself, really. Um, 
But there's four things I just want us to press into. Firstly, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. That line just really jumped off the page when I read it. Tonight, there's, there is forgiveness from, from, from stuff you've done wrong, from sin, but also a release of shame. That maybe there's some of us that are carrying shame. And there's no place for shame with Jesus Christ. There is forgiveness. There's also, I just felt that there's a promise of blessing. You know, we live under the promise of Abraham's promise. Of We are all people. We are part of that kind of catch-all sentence. And so there is blessing for us in the Father. There's blessings for us. But there's also a call to sacrifice. You know, I, I just was, again, just really aware of that, that, you know, that there is a call to sacrifice, there's a call to lay down, there's a call to submission to God and his plans and his purposes. And there's a call to mission. There's a call to helping others be recipients of this blessing, of this promise, of salvation. Salvation. 